Hello everybody, I'm Ollie. And I'm Jess. And we're judging their culture. So today we're going to talk about a pretty great uh, Netflix show that came out just a few weeks ago. And uh, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, I was very surprised about the actual plot. Like, the trailer seemed to be just like your usual teenager with superpowers, I guess, you know? Like, there's, there's a lot of them. No, there, there are. Especially nowadays, now that, like... Like, Chronicle and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I understand how you feel, like, when you saw the trailers, like, oh, she got powers, it's gonna get kooky. Yeah, it's gonna be a superhero thing. Yeah. But it wasn't. There was zero superhero or supervillain things. There's no, like... Yeah. It's honestly just uh, a teen drama, except sometimes things explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we're obviously talking about, I'm not okay with this, which is... I mean, that's the title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's a bad title. I'm going to say that. I don't like the title. I constantly forget what it actually is. <laughs> but uh, the show itself, splendid. Yeah. Um, so I know it has a very Stranger Things vibe. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I was looking up to see... If the creators maybe also worked on Stranger Things. If there was or, any connection there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, are they going to... look like it. Are they going to start doing a Stranger Things universe? Because that'd be pretty wild. But there are... There, well, there are a lot of... Um, oh, never mind. It's a different connection. Never <laughs> mind. Uh, so here's the thing that got me when I first started watching this. No idea what era it is. Like, at all. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like it's probably at least 2017, 2018. Like, a lot of the stuff looks old, but the, the, that's what it looks like in an old town. Or yeah. a small town. Um, I've lived in multiple little small towns, and it, it looked like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I don't know, with the way some of them were dressing and the way their people were, I don't know, interacting and acting in general, I was well, like, is this the 90s? Like, what the hell is this? Have you been to a small town for longer than, like, a couple hours? Because, uh, like, no. people act like it's the 1800s. <laughs> I mean, I get it. That, that might be a thing some places. I'm just saying, that was definitely a thing when I was first watching. Just, like, an uncertainty about, like, all right. This looks like first scene. This looks like the nineties. Mm -hmm. Then oh, that's a smartphone. That's that's an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, Twenty nineteen maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it just flip flops so hard, and it was hard to tell. But I feel like, despite whatever era it is set in directly, like whatever it actually is, like ah, uh, this twenty seventeen in the show, it has a very specifically nineties two thousands feel. Yeah. And I think that's a a big part of the the style because in, in long story short it's a very queer story about someone like coming to terms with that in a more uh, old school fashion where it's a little less I don't know I've seen a lot of newer media where deciding for yourself whether you're whatever the sexual orientation is less of a I don't know what I'm doing or feeling and more of a trying to get the world to accept it. And this one was a little little older style, where it was more, 
she was the main character was trying to figure out what her identity even was and it was focused more internally which is kind of an older thematic styling i think i um yeah <laughs> <laughs> at least there's no contention <laughs> uh so I, I i get the feeling that that was probably intentional and i i liked it a lot i liked the the, the feel of it very nostalgic even though you know i was seven in the 90s for one year yeah but coming back to what you were saying about how she felt about coming out when you're in a small town there's not most small towns some are getting better or whatever but uh there's not a lot of diverse ways of thinking I guess I would. I guess that's how you would say it. Um, that makes sense. There's, you know, there's not that many people, and if there's only like one or two churches, they're gonna preach the same things. Mm-hmm. Or even if you don't go to church, you're still gonna be around those people who are who have those ideals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like in smaller towns, the 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 subcultures, there's just less of them. Yeah, and so there's there's just the one culture of that small town and if you in any way are maybe a little different you feel maybe afraid that the other people in this tiny little town of like 200 or less they're going to ostracize ostracize you and make you feel like you don't belong there but like that's her home so maybe she was just scared of like well she was scared of losing her friend Mm -hmm. and also what does that mean? Like, how does she feel about that? Yeah. No, like, that that, that makes a lot of sense that I, that the, the small town aspect of it is such such an important part of the of the story of this, like, I'm in such a small community. If I do or say anything, it changes everything around me. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's definitely huge. Uh, I've never lived in a small town. I lived in suburbia mm-hmm. for most of my life. Yes, our growing up experiences are very different. <laughs> um, you've so. lived in two places, maybe three if you count Cuba, and <laughs> those three and a half years. Yeah, and <laughs> all suburbs. Even Cuba was kind of like a suburb. It was like an urban zone that I was living in. Well, all the houses were very close together. You showed me the house. Yeah, that's urban. Yeah. A suburban, urban, they're the same. People are very close together, is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, I understand. Everybody's very close together, and there's a lot of people. There is a a lot of people. I've lived many, many, many times. Um, I've lived in Montana, and I've lived all over Michigan, and all in tiny, small towns, until I moved out on my own. And then (laughs) I got to go to an urban area. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah i mean it, i can't imagine the 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 difference that we've actually experienced in terms of like which cultures that we've been drawn to because in the end we both have gone towards the same uh i'm gonna say moral stances on many things well when i when i lived in montana this is gonna sound weird but it was when Katy perry was first getting popular oh so i kissed a girl and i liked it came out and we we got that song on we didn't even I don't even think we had cable it was just some satellite thing <laughs> but um 
we were flipping through the channels and Katy Perry came on and it was the, the music video. And we were like the only people in the whole town who had listened listened, and like who knew Ka who Katy Perry was. And we only knew her by the one song. Um, everything else was a mystery. Um, <laughs> all the kids there when I went, this was like fifth grade, um, hardly swore. They were very polite. Um, it was very strange. It was a different... I was in a different <laughs> dimension. <laughs> it was It was weird. Um, it, was. It, it felt like everything was just a little bit behind um, from when I lived in Michigan. Um, then we moved back to Michigan and everything was fine. <laughs> the kids were swearing and beating each other up. and As they, as they should. Yeah, Katy Perry was rampant. <laughs> oh yeah, as she should be. Have been at least. Hello, welcome back. <laughs> Some technical errors, but we fixed it, so mm -hmm. here we are again. Yeah, and we were talking just before uh, everything went black uh, that, <clears throat> you know, you had experienced a multitude of small towns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they all have uh, a bit of their own, like... They were all very similar. Um, the one in Montana was more, like, out of time. Yeah. Like, there was horses just wandering around. Like, this <laughs> might sound like a wonderful dream. Um, and it, it was pretty awesome for a couple months. Um, <laughs> then we moved. But <clears throat> but it was, I don't know, everything seemed, like I said, a little bit behind mm -hmm. bigger little, cities. A little displaced. Yes. And then back in Michigan, the small town that I lived in, the people were... I don't know, a different type of small town. Like, Montana was like cowboys and ranch hands and whatever that <laughs> cowboys western and life, you know? And um, <laughs> Michigan was like, oh, nothing else to do but, you know, smoke weed and... Go mudding. Go mudding, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're not a mud girl? No. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I'm definitely not a mud girl. No, gal. see the point in it. Uh, Let us know if you see the point in going money, but I don't know if you see the point in going money. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, the we haven't really talked about what the plot of the story is. Uh, just to be clear, it's it's a coming of age, coming to terms with yourself, uh, discovering your yourself and your sexuality and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of that is shown in the metaphor of her developing her powers yeah. and all that. I mean, developing friendships and things. And throughout the show, she is dealing with a lot of, the main character is dealing with a lot of uh, depression issues <laughs> due to having lost her father and uh, potentially losing her friend because of just life, the way people grow away from each other, finding other romantic inclinations and all sorts of things. And it was just such a transitionary period for this character. Like this entire show is about her being on that line of, all right, this was what's life before. And in a minute, I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be something else. And I don't know what I'm going to be. And she has to make that choice. She has to become something. Mm -hmm. And uh, this show is just about following her as she sort of makes decisions along the way that is going to end up leading her to become the next person she's going to be. And obviously, none of those choices are made on purpose on mm -hmm. her part. Like, I'm going to be this person. It's just, here's an encounter. Oh, I'm doing this now. <laughs> that's going to slowly make her into whatever she's going to be. 
and it's a lot of fun. I think uh, I think as far as a even without the superpowers or any of that, I think it's a fun coming coming of age slice of life drama. Yeah, without the the powers, it'd be just more like an angsty AMC show or something. Yeah, uh, but I think the characters are done so well. Like I really resonated with all of the characters so well that um, well. I don't know if I resonate with Sydney, with the main character, Sydney. She's played by Sophie Lillis. Uh, Sophia Lillis. Mm -hmm. Um, the, she also plays, I don't remember her name, but she plays the girl in It. Um, the young girl. Um, but I don't think I resonate with her too much because she's so, she's not a bad character, but she's so, like, edgy. (laughs) And, like... (laughs) Ooh, I am not like other people. I just have the one friend. And, like, there's nothing wrong with her character. It's actually a really good character. Um, but I, 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 didn't, I just didn't relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Stanley. Oh, Stanley's a who beaut. Who is played by Wyatt Olaf? Olaf? Olaf. Not Olaf. <laughs> Count Olaf um, or uh, Snowman Olaf? <laughs> but he also is, plays it in It. Which I think his name is Stanley in that as well, which is... Same universe, same character. Pretty great. <laughs> um, but I resonate with him not because of what happens at home, but <laughs> just with him, just, he just wants to have fun, and the first scene is him um, introducing himself to her, and he walks with her down the street barefoot, and she's like, why aren't you wearing shoes? That's weird. And he's like, why not? What, why why wear shoes? It's fine. And like, I don't know. I immediately liked him because I also do not like to wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also really fun. And he has like a cool aesthetic. And I don't know. He's a drug dealer, but he's cool. <laughs> he's cool. No, I, I understand. Stanley is without a doubt one of the most lovable characters. Mm-hmm. I was down. so scared. I was so scared at the end. But I don't want to give any spoilers too much. So Yeah, so Stanley and uh Sydney are just hard pals throughout this entire show. Oh yeah. Like I think somewhere in episode one they chit chat and it's like, Oh, is he gonna be kind of creepy towards her? And it's just like, nope, they're just gonna be yeah. bros and have a good time and love each other. Yeah. And uh they do have a romantic encounter, which adds a little bit of stress here and there. But uh in the end, it just comes out, okay, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I like how her relationship with him is, it comes on the heels of her friend, um, Dina. Of her kind of getting in with the cool, cool kids. <laughs> like, she starts dating one of the football players and wearing his Letterman jacket and going to, the, like, the, um... Fancy party. Spirit thing. Oh, Spirit Week events. Yeah. I don't, don't remember. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> I didn't go to high school. <laughs> I did, just not very much. Um, <laughs> Good clarification. Yeah, just to, to, to <laughs> be clear. I, like that I did graduate. I like that as you were sipping your tea, you like, <laughs> startled like, I did go. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you can tell if you've listened to any of our episodes. Um, but I liked that Sydney felt like she was being replaced by this guy and he was a trash person but she tried to 
for the sake of Dina and still being friends with her, tried to be like, okay, whatever, if Dina's happy, I will try to be happy for her. Um, and then in comes, um, Stanley. Stanley, and he kind of, he doesn't fill that space, but he makes her feel better again. Like, she's not so sad anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, I, the, the scene where they're in the, um, oh my god, I need <laughs> caffeine or something. Um, the scene where they're in the grocery store, mm-hmm. and he, they're just laughing and having fun. That really made me happy for her, and for him, because he didn't seem to have any friends. Yeah, he's got his own issues at <laughs> home. Uh, but no, the, their relationship is lovely. And it, it is uh, the the glue of this entire show. It's the development of their relationship and how her developing uh, this powerful friendship lets her sort of realign her relationship with other people, specifically mm-hmm. Dina. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, she tells him about her superpowers eventually after he <laughs> finds out. She's very cagey. If there's one thing I didn't like about her as a character is that she was very standoffish. Yeah, well, she she has her issues. She doesn't like to talk about things, um, which is understandable because of how her mom treats her. Yeah. Um, the way her mother treats her, you can definitely tell <sighs> nobody wants to talk about anything. Everybody mm-hmm. in the house is just very closed up, and her mom is at one point, basically tells her, like, nobody cares about you. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay, well, if nobody cares about me, why do I need to tell them my problems? Because they're not going to care. Yeah, well, I don't remember the line, but I just remember there was a scene where they were... On the couch. On the couch, yeah, this is what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Sydney brings up, brings up something to her mom, like, tries to, cut, like, connect with her mom, like, Mom, I feel this way. And her mom's just like, yep. Yeah. Like... But like that's that's how you are. Oh my god! <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, it was it was rough. Mm-hmm. Not but, great. <laughs> not great. And then she has her little brother Liam, who's just he's a, a sweet sunshine. Boy. He's a little he's yeah. a little biscuit. <laughs> he really looks like um, Chloe Grace Moretz, like so much. <laughs> and I looked him up while we were watching the show. No relation, but. I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> this little boy looks exactly like Hit Girl, and I just couldn't. <laughs> uh, maybe he'll grow up to be uh, her sidekick. Maybe. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be fun. Crossover. Uh, but the, the, the show continues on with her slowly becoming a little more uh, paranoid and scared and nervous mm-hmm. and anxious and depressed about a lot of things. Yeah, she um, starts to think somebody's following her. And the powers that she gets um, seem to be, like, mind powers, kind of. Yeah, telekinetic-y. Yeah, she can make things explode. She can, like, if she gets really (laughs) angry, um, there's one scene where she gets really angry. She screams, and, like, all of this anger and energy just comes out in waves and breaks the trees around her and everything. So it's a very, like, mind power <laughs> mind waves or something mm-hmm. psychic forces mm-hmm. it, it's it's nice it doesn't have too much of a visual uh style to it mm-hmm. it focuses a lot more instead of like on ooh look at the this visual gimmick for the power and just gives like a visual distortion of the area and focuses more on how 
she looks as the power starts kicking in. Mm-hmm. Like, as you see the, like, discomfort in her rise, as you see the area around her sort of start to move or shake or do whatever. And I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. That they're just like, we're not gonna, we don't care what the powers look like. It, it's kind of like, like a panic attack. Yeah. Um, I think they kind of hinted at that in the grocery store scene mm-hmm. when um, she starts to, to panic because she doesn't have enough money to buy the groceries her mom wanted her to get. Um, and Stanley offers to pay for it, but she feels really bad, and she just, she just wants to be done with it, she just wants to leave, because it's too embarrassing, um, and she goes to put the thing back, and the shelves behind her, everything just falls off. Everything explodes. And she just runs out, and Stanley comes up to her and is like, oh, panic attack, oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like, I've, I've never, personally, I've never had a panic attack, thankfully, um, I've been very anxious and like shaky and like sweaty and stuff, but I've never had like a full on panic attack. Um, but the way the environment shakes around her when she starts to feel uncomfortable and anxious and have all those negative feelings, I feel like in real life for people who do have panic attacks, maybe that it feels the same way like it feels like their whole world is like rocking and like things are not right around them uh yes actually because i I have had a a couple panic attacks here and there uh even went to the doctors one time the emergency room because i was like i'm having a heart attack or something i am dying out of a surprise panic attack that i experienced and it's i don't know it's sort of it's hard to explain but i do like we were just saying about like the shaking and the trembling and that sort of like held in force. I 100% agree with that. When the few times I've had a panic attack or something resembling it, it felt like my bones were shaking inside my body. They were trembling. So that being the visual representation for for her anxiety and the, the trembling of the world itself, beautiful. I liked it a lot. It, it, it felt accurate. <laughs> uh... I, uh, liked all the characters, um, and I was surprised that I liked Sydney because a lot of times I'll watch a show or read a book, and the main character is always just kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, you're a little full of themselves because, oh, they're the one to fulfill the prophecy, they're the hero, they're the one destined to do this, or yeah. they're the one who's having all the trouble and nobody understands, and... All, all of that nonsense that I'm sure you guys know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but the... I, I liked her. She had uh, a lot of different layers to her. And, like, she wasn't angry in a stereotypical teenage movie way. Like, she had reasons to be angry. Oh, yeah, it there... wasn't just hormones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hormones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could see the root of her issues and understand how they spread. That's why I resonated with her. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I thought that her standoffishness was a thing that bothered me because I'm very much a, if I'm feeling something or if someone's feeling something, I want to reach out. I want to talk. I want to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I resonate in that aspect with her where <laughs> I'm feeling very upset or depressed. I don't want anyone around me. <laughs> I want to be smothered. But that's not the point. The point is like that might have pushed me away, but the fact that I could see like the root of her of her 
anxiety that resonated with me being able to be like yeah no this makes sense i in the next scene she's gonna freak out i know she's gonna freak out and it's okay that i know this ahead of time it's not like uh i'm gonna guess what's gonna happen it's i know what's gonna happen because this is realistic this is a person's emotions Mm -hmm. and we're seeing them be impacted by all these events and that was awesome yeah uh it was it's basically a show about depression and anxiety and um, throw in some superpowers to represent that. Yeah. Represent the explosion of not being able to control your emotions, or this dark, this dark man who follows her around like halfway through the series. She yeah. gets really paranoid, and he's like a shadowy figure who can just like disappear um, into vapor and. He's kind of representative of her depression and how it keeps getting closer and yeah. stronger. He's and... the literal specter of depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, that's funny. Sad, but kind of funny. Yeah. And I know that you you caught on pretty early in the series that like, oh, this show's about, <laughs> <laughs> about depression and all that stuff. Well, um, and like, like post-traumatic you... stuff because of her dad. Mm-hmm. But... I was like, oh, this is a fun, <laughs> like, it's sad, but, the, you know, this is a fun net, new Netflix show about powers and, like, this angsty girl. Oh, <laughs> now I get what the metaphor is. Well, to be fair, like you mentioned, you haven't experienced as much of that particular mm-hmm. thing that I have. So when I saw, like, her reaction to things, when I saw, like, the visualization of her powers and that sort of trembling and the, the shaking of things... And the explosive nature of it. I was like, oh, I do that in my soul. <laughs> so I, I understood it a little better. It, it, it caught on easier. And I think that says volumes about how well their sort of uh, allusion to those issues goes by, you know, making it about that. Making it about her powers and all this. But by making it about her powers, it's about these anxieties is about these issues that people mm-hmm. don't really talk about. Because, like, a lot of times things can be pretty heavy-handed. And I think being heavy-handed with your metaphors or whatever is great. Sometimes don't even make it a metaphor. Just capitalism is bad. Fuck you. Done. Yeah, but you love your metaphors. I do love my metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, sometimes it's, it's a little too heavy, and that's fine in some cases. But when you do it really well, and it's like... You can have an entire story where even the metaphor sort of twists and changes and becomes muddled. It can still make almost perfect sense despite whatever weird thing is happening, whatever personification is occurring. Like, depression being personified in this person who's showing up randomly. Like, that could lead to something that maybe feels off, Mm -hmm. but in the end, like, having depression as, like, someone who tells you what to do or who scares you that, that that is that's meaningful that means something that's interesting and i i think they're doing a great job where you can have an entire show about whatever and it's still also about these things and uh, i like it i'm excited for season two that's for fucking sure <laughs> um wanted to mention that uh you know we've we've talked a lot about a few things here and there and we've Drop maybe a couple light spoilers, you know. Uh, it's about depression. Go figure. Uh, but I just quick spoiler notice. Uh, the next few things are I'm gonna mention are pretty darn like. Oh, this is a thing that's gonna happen at the end. This is a thing that's gonna happen at the end. So if you don't want to listen to this section, 
Uh, it was a good show. 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, you should watch it. But uh, if you don't mind listening to spoilers, the the ending of this show made me really excited for season two. Because at the end of it, the Spectre oh, guy... He was hopping right in. Yeah, sorry. I didn't know you were going to... Uh, do you want to talk about something else first? No, it's fine. I just didn't know you were going to hop right into the end. Well, that, the ending is what excited me most. Like, there's... The stuff that happened right before the end, and that excited me, but in a di- <laughs> for different reasons. That was just really interesting. But the this ending, it I don't know, it just makes me feel like the next season is gonna be some wild shit, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 in for it, because, like I said, spoiler or not, whatever. At the end of the show, after a whole lot of crazy happens and shit has hit the fan thoroughly. She runs away to, you know, try and get some peace and quiet and be by herself. And this dude shows up, the specter of depression, basically catches up to her. Mm-hmm. And she's been sort of running away from this guy, sort of, you know, in fear of this person, sort of understanding that maybe he wasn't real. Maybe it's a thing that she got from her dad who killed himself and we find out because of his depression, <clears throat> which is also directly a metaphor for what our power he had. But the guy catches up with her. And at the end, instead of, you know, attacking her or starting any sort of, like, cool epic fight scene, uh, she comes out and, like, and asks, should I be scared? Like, what's going on? And he responds, no, but they should. Everyone else should be. And the idea of having the superpower coach, the, the Yoda to whoever she is, be this metaphor for depression itself... That's going to be really cool. And I'm excited to see how, what that leads her towards in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing I got most excited about. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't really... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. I don't think it, if he is any sort of evil, I don't think she will do anything evil. Um, because she does care about everyone in the yeah. town. Not everyone in the town. Because but she doesn't want to hurt anybody yeah. physically. Um, and this guy, even though he seems menacing, I think maybe he might be... I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that he's not as dark as he seems with his whole just being a shadow figure. <laughs> um... Telling her that other people should be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but possibly, I don't know, maybe she's going to use her de- depression in a more violent, angry way. Maybe, like maybe she's going to, going to express it more violently now mm-hmm. or more like erratically because she doesn't know how to control it. I don't know. Maybe she'll lash out more. Uh... I like what, you mentioned the thing, like, maybe he's not going to be as menacing. Yeah, like, they should be scared of you because you have these powers, but Mm -hmm. if we work together, we can um, find some sort of control over this thing. Yeah, and that's going to be fun. I I love any, let's learn to use your power montage. Love it. But also the idea of let, jumping back into the metaphor zone. <laughs> if this character, which has seemed to represent 
does seem to represent depression throughout the show so far. If their their role in season two is primarily to be, I don't know, sort of a guiding figure, but not particularly menacing. Mm-hmm. Not good. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not. I don't think he's going to be a good model, role model. But the idea that he might not be menacing either, I actually am really interested in that idea of showing off the character representative of depression as just sort of a neutral character. Like, they're there to impact you, not specifically to ruin you. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's an interesting way to look at depression. Like, it's not this purposely ma- like malignant, aggressive force. It's just something that, for some people, is inside you. And it's there, and it'll alter and control, and it'll alter and influence some of your actions. But overall, it's not, like, it doesn't have malicious intent. It has no intent. That would be interesting to see if they can show that in this character. And, I mean, you were just spitting out some stuff, and that seemed to be a direction that is pretty natural. So that would be kind of fun. That would be neat. That would be cool. Uh, Alright, since we are getting close to the end. Top three. Top three scenes? Top three scenes. Um, I really enjoyed the scene where she explodes, <laughs> um, where she's she runs away from the party because um she gets really angry or anxious, uncomfortable about what happens there, and she runs out in the rain, runs into the woods, and <clears throat> she finally she's alone. She can't take it anymore. She needs to let go of these feelings, this anger, and she screams, and all of these waves of energy, I guess, come out, this force explodes from her, and all of the trees around her, like, break and tip over, and Stanley, a car is passing by, we don't know if it's Stanley or not, it's it's Stanley, (laughs) a car passes by, and gets, he swerves, because there's a girl on the road, um, she runs across the road, and he swerves, and you see in a different scene that it's that it is Stanley in the car. Um, but I really like this scene because it was the first time that it's like <gasps> somebody has seen her use her powers. And like because it was Stanley, I was worried that he was hurt. <laughs> that yeah. a tree had fallen on him or the car or something. Um, but I was also really excited that it was Stanley because I love the idea of him being the first one that saw her powers because mm-hmm. they became like super best friends and he just seemed like the type of person who would want to talk about it and not like, oh my god, I'm scared of you now, you know, like that's super cool, like I want to figure this out with you. Um, and, and he was. Yeah. He no, was. He, he was going <laughs> home. No, th- that scene was pretty good, especially since like, it was a it, that one scene happened across two episodes mm-hmm. from a couple of different perspectives, like two or three different perspectives, and at the end, like the entire time, each perspective it made it seem like Is Stanley dead. Stanley's dead. Oh my fucking god, Stanley's gonna die, mm-hmm. and then he's not, and it's fine. It's like such a relief. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I didn't say this earlier, but Stanley is <clears throat> throughout the the series. He's kind of like the. Not like the therapist or anything, but like the friend who is like, hey, if you ever need anything, like I'm here, talk to me, 
Like, you can trust me and whatever you tell me, like, that's okay. It's alright if you're depressed. It's okay if you're anxious or, like, having a panic attack. Like, I'm here to help you through it. And I, I don't know. I really liked him. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, he, he's, he's a lovely character. And, like, he's clearly smitten with her. Yeah. And, like, there's a little romantic tension. But at the end, she's like, no, I don't like you. I'm sorry. I like someone else. And, like, there's a brief moment of, like, alright, I'm very jealous and I'm very upset. But, like, that's fine. Yeah, but I'm, I'm still going to help you because yeah. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm I'm not a jerk. I also just like you as a human being and yeah. want to, like, hang I'm not out. a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a non-air-quoted nice guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, that was a good scene. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to put this on your top three or not, but... Another explosion that was pretty good. Uh, one of the very last scenes is she's at a dance. It's, you know... This is the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we gave a spoiler warning. Yeah. Another spoiler warning. <laughs> uh, she's at a dance. She's there with Stanley and her other friend. And there's, like, some romantic tension. Dina? Dina? Dina. 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 <laughs> Dina. <laughs> There's some romantic tension with Dinah and like it's 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 the Dina Di Dina Ah What's wrong with me? There's mm. <laughs> a romantic tension with Dina and it's very exciting. And then dude bro jock fuck shows up mm -hmm. and just starts outing her as as a gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. And she starts to shake and feel scared and uh whoops. And he, he punches Stanley, because Stanley, yeah. Stanley's like, leave her alone! And Just, Stanley is a, he's so tiny. Lovely. Not a fighter. No. <laughs> uh, so he gets rocked, and immediately, he she starts freaking out, and he keeps pushing, and talking, and outing her, and all this stuff hurting her friend, and then his head explodes because yeah. he just went too far. It's a good I, episode, but you know, right when it happens, like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, she's upset. It's bad. She's changed now. She's going to be a different character. Yeah. Like, something's... She's not... That Spectre's coming. <laughs> she didn't mean to. Yeah. But I, I feel like they hinted at it earlier in the show when she first meets, first meets him, and she stares at him, and she's, like, having all these thoughts, like, oh, you're taking Dina away from me. You're a popular jerk jock boy bro whatever and his nose starts to bleed mm -hmm. yeah no immediately there's a tension of like he's gonna get hurt yeah <laughs> one way or another he's gonna get hurt by the end of the show and oh boy does he <laughs> he gets real hurt yes. and um, it was too it was, oh, she was so close to getting the kiss ah, anyway. ah. <laughs> um my second favorite scene that's a lot of scenes um i mean if you if we can if you can get to two, I think that's probably good enough. Um, I think my second favorite scene was when she comes to uh, talk to Stanley at the bowling alley, and he's just saying how like every superhero has like their mentor. We have to just find you yours, yeah. your mentor to like help you out with these powers and control it. But until then, I can help you. Wait a minute. I'm your mentor. And she's like, no. <laughs> Stanley, no. You're you're not going to be, like, my master mentor, like, superhero. You're my sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's really funny because he, this whole, the whole night, he's just 
trying so hard to help her, and they're hanging out in, like, this closed bowling alley that he works at, and he's brought stacks and stacks of comic books, and he's like, oh, were you bit by a radioactive spider? Um, did your parents die? And all this stuff, and well, one of them did, but, um, he's just asking her, like, did this happen to you? Did this happen to you? Different origin stories of different characters, and... I don't know. It was really fun to me. It was a fun scene. It wasn't sad or anything until he starts yelling at her. But that's only that's only to figure out when and how her powers yeah come about. And once she does become anxious and throws a bowling ball at his head, he <laughs> she gets really angry because she's like, I could have killed you. But he's like, well, now we know your powers work, though, when you're angry. Yeah, when you're upset and anxious and angry. And you, like... He said some gnarly stuff. Oh, yeah, he was, like, like, very rude. But, like, he knew he was being rude. He was, like, she mentioned, oh, I usually feel very bad. He's like, okay, so let's talk about your dad. Let's talk about how your mom sucks. Let's talk about... Uh. Yeah. And let's then, talk about how you're not good enough, how you're in love with Dina, but she's never going to love you back. And then, <laughs> All this stuff. And, uh, yeah, it worked. He was very... He did a good job. A yeah. very unfortunately good job. <laughs> uh, I, I already mentioned that my number one scene is the very end, just because it, it excites me for the future. But another favorite scene that I have, excuse me, another favorite scene that I have uh, would probably be the uh, interaction in the basement with her and her mother, because admittedly her mom's not great. No. <laughs> There's a lot of negativity between them, and like you can sort of understand why her mother is the way she is and see where it's coming from, <clears throat> but obviously this is centered around... Sydney, mm -hmm. and we understand, we can feel that the mother isn't handling things as well as Sydney needs her to. Like, it's unfortunate, like, that's a thing that has to happen, but it's where it is. And in the basement, their interaction where Sydney realizes that her dad had the same sort of problems that she <laughs> did, partially with the powers, yeah. but also with just depression in general. Mm -hmm. And the fact that knowing her dad had depression sort of gave her, like, a sense of connection to him and hope, weirdly enough. That was interesting. That was really cool. Yeah, I like that. A weird sense of closure. Yeah, like, oh, I'm, I'm like him. We're, we're closer together, even though he's gone. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was really pretty. It was a really cute mm -hmm. scene. Very sad. <laughs> yeah. Did you even mention that, like... You, at one point, your father got really depressed and paranoid and thought somebody was following him around. This, you know, like, dark figure was following him. And um, she was like, no, I'm a little sad and depressed and there's some definitely... guy's following me around. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, there's all those connections and just seeing her, I don't know, sort of just this light turn on in her mind. Like, oh, okay. That was cool. Yeah. I... I, I I wasn't expecting that sort of, like, understanding to, to click in her, because, like, she is uh, such a young, like, uncertain character. Yeah. I thought it would possibly lead her towards, a, you know, a more negative direction, but it didn't, and that was cool. I, 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 was, I was very much enjoying that scene. <laughs> My last favorite scene is really simple. It's just a scene where <clears throat> Liam, her little brother, cooks dinner. Oh, yeah. Um, because her and her mom had been arguing, and she's like, you, you, you gotta feed Liam, I have to go to work. And she's like, well, it's not fair that I have to take care of him all the time, he's not my kid, like, he's my little brother, but you're making me 
act like an adult and I'm only like 16. Um, and he's like, oh, stop arguing. I can make dinner myself. It's fine. <laughs> and he's like 10 or like 12 or something. And uh, he, he makes dinner for himself and Sydney and they sit down to eat and he's he's just like, I don't know what's in it. I grabbed a bunch of stuff and dumped it in. <laughs> and um, I don't know. It was just very sweet. Um, Sydney eats it and she's like, oh, you know, it's actually pretty good. And I don't know. It's, it's just very sweet and it's wholesome and it's a nice little break for Sydney to be happy. Very, very pretty. Very mm -hmm. cute. Uh, my last scene has no, uh, <laughs> no loftier meanings or anything like that. I just thought it was fun. Uh, do you recall the scene in which they're getting, where uh, Stanley's getting ready to go to the party? Yes. Where he's trying on all these different outfits that I swear to God are from the 60s or something? It's a small town. You're not going to have like a <laughs> modern store there. It's all going to be like second hand. He wore a powder blue <laughs> suit. Yeah, what about it? With frills. Yeah, what about it? He looked good. No, it, lo it was lovely. He looked fly. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that, that, that would describe him, I suppose, from the era he was dressing in. But it was just a really funny scene. It was very cute. Just like, he was so excited to go to the to this party and see Sydney there and all this stuff. And it was, it was very... Also, he didn't wear ruffles. He wore a band shirt. But he tried on ruffles. He tried on ruffles. It was just all, it was all very cute. Like, <laughs> I, I had a fun time just seeing him like, no, let's try this one. Let's try this one. It was very fun. I like. There was so much bad shit that happened to everyone that when they have moments of like excitement for themselves and for what's coming up, it, it excited me too. I was like, oh yeah, find that perfect shirt. Feel that confidence. Get out there and don't make her fall in love with you because she's not going to because she's super gay. But... Have your best night. <laughs> Try your darndest to have fun. So it was, it was something, you know? It was just a fun scene. Mm -hmm. uh, also, bonus, every time he shows up with his car and tries to roll down the window. It takes forever. It takes like a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so good. That's really good. Uh, Stanley is probably my favorite character out of all of them. Yeah, I mean, he's so good. I think that wraps it up for me. Yeah, I think it wraps up for me too. So, uh, just to wrap up things, from me, you already heard, great movie, go watch it, ten out, great show, <laughs> go watch it 10 out of 10. Uh, I'm assuming you agree? Yeah, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Wonderful. So now that things are wrapped up, just uh, a little more of a personal, hey, how's it going sort of <laughs> uh, part here, uh, I 100% have been dealing with depression for many years now and I just wanted to mention that sometimes it isn't as obvious as you think for most of my life I never really considered it never really thought about it I'm a very upbeat happy person like I'm a very uh, optimistic positive person but when something negative happens in my life even if it's pretty small it impacts me greatly and it's difficult to handle, difficult to deal with, different, difficult to sort of accept that it's a thing that's happening. And I learned after some bad things happened, which in hindsight weren't even that bad, they just hurt me because of the way that I handle my depression, the way the depression affects me. Uh, 
that sometimes it that can that can be it. That can be everything that depression is to you is an inability to sort of process these bad events, and it can be equally as uh, painful and dangerous as that constant sort of blanket of depression. So even if you feel like maybe this isn't the thing that you feel, if at if there's points in your life where it really is overwhelming, you know, talk to someone, especially professionals, share your feelings and the way you interact with yourself and how you feel. And you might find out that maybe you need some help in certain aspects and it's okay to need that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I didn't think I had it, you know, keep that in mind and don't just think that I'm usually pretty happy, so I can't have depression. It can affect anyone. Yes. And Talking about it, even if you're a little bit sad, um, any little thing that you might feel sad about or angry or frustrated or overwhelmed by, talking to someone, even though it seems scary, can really strengthen a relationship. Um, and it can make you feel better inside. <laughs> um, and if you do know somebody or you yourself think that you might have depression, talk to someone, um, professional, or even just a friend. Uh, we will leave some links for some hotlines down below, and we can also do that on the podcast, I'm pretty sure. Um, yep. it'll, be, uh, it'll be in there somewhere. And we can even leave, like, a website. Um, I know there's a few pretty good, like, therapy websites um, that you can use just at home without having to go outside. You can just <laughs> talk to someone on your phone or on your computer, and that's really helpful. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to find some for just general purpose, suicide or depression awareness or uh, emergency help. Uh, maybe some for specifically LGBT community people, seeing as this is very much specific to this uh, show. And just any any other little things that I think might lead them to to a, a better understanding of themselves and a, a, anything that can help someone who's in need. We'll try and find those and put them in for everyone. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's that wraps it up. That wraps it up. Uh, wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. We love you.